Well, as we know, we're starting today a new liturgical year. The season of Advent is upon us. We're into December and into in the outside world and the commercial world, the Christmas season. But we Catholics celebrate this season of preparation, Advent, which literally means the coming of Jesus. Um, first at Christmas, but then, of course, in anticipation of his second coming in glory at the end of time. What I remember about Advent from when I was a kid was the Advent calendar. That was my favorite Advent thing. And we didn't even get the ones that had candy in them. I was told by some of my neighbor kids that theirs had candy, and I was like, well, we got totally ripped off because ours was just little pictures of um, like a nutcracker doll or a present or a tree or a manger scene or something like that. Well, actually, the manger scene was always the 24th, the last day, and that was a double window. You ever seen these things on the fridge? It's a double window, and whoever got to open that, they were pretty special. But every day we'd argue, who gets to open the Advent calendar window today? And it was just a tiny little gesture, but it, for some reason, to me, marked that we're getting closer day by day to Christmas, which I was, even in church, I remember there were banners that they would put up during Advent. One said peace and joy and love, and I can't remember the fourth one, but there were four banners, and they would go up one week at a time, and I'd notice, okay, we're at two banners, now we're at three banners, we're almost to Christmas. Uh, this is what I was thinking about at church when I was a kid. But this season is no doubt one of anticipation. We're getting ready. Uh, for what? For the end, for the coming, for the fulfillment of God's plan, for Jesus is coming at Christmas. But as I said, the fulfillment of this whole project of redemption, that Jesus' incarnation, his birth to the Virgin Mary, kind of kicks off. It starts off this project. And so it's appropriate that these readings this Sunday have all to do with the end, the apocalypse. Jesus is warning of us of the day of his coming when the heavens will be shaken, that the sun and the moon and the stars will all kind of fall from the sky and there will be great tribulation. And be vigilant, be ready to stand before the Son of Man. I think what he's getting at... Um, is something like this philosophical principle that the, the first in intention is always the last in execution. Meaning that when you, have a, when you have an end in mind, you have a project that you want to finish, before you even start, you keep the end in mind. Right, so take an Olympic swimmer, for instance. Someone who wants to win the gold medal at the Olympics has that image in their mind of that victory, of standing on the podium, of biting the gold medal, of the national anthem, of that pride and that, that thrill of winning. But everything that goes into that, before you even start training and swimming and getting up at four in the morning to, to get into the pool, to regiment your diet, to go to the competitions that lead up to the Olympic trials and all of that, all of the preparation that goes into winning that gold medal, you always have that end in mind. That's what keeps you going. If a band wants to record an album, release an album and become famous, go on tour, all of the work that goes into writing the songs, of recording them, of mixing and mastering and scheduling the tour and the fights of in-between band members and everything that goes on in any project, you always keep the end in mind. Well, we want to get here. And so we put up with all this other stuff. Well, the same goes, according to Christ, in the Christian life. It's important to keep the end in mind. Not just the end of the world, but the end of our own lives, when we all will stand before the Son of Man and be judged. And will we have lived a life pleasing to him? That's the question. When we look back, will we be proud of what we can present to the Lord? 
Can we stand before him with a clean conscience? Trusting in him, knowing him, recognizing his face because we've been with him and spent time with him here in this life. Have we kept the end in mind? Have we lived for that last moment or not? And so this is what we are reminded of by the church every Advent. Not just the coming of Christ at Christmas, which is important, but the coming of Christ into my life in a new way somehow. You know, people make New Year's resolutions because they know that they're trying to progress, they're trying to get better, and there are parts of my life that are not quite in order and need to be put in order. Well, this is the church's new year, and it's worthwhile to sit back and take some perspective on where can I allow Christ more into my life? Where can I prepare for his coming better? He uses this metaphor, Jesus does, of the heavens being shaken, which makes me think of the Copernican Revolution. You astronomers know about Copernicus, who was the first to say that the earth is not the center of the universe, but rather the sun is. Now, up until then, as you know, Ptolemy, the Ptolemaic system was ascendant. That's what everybody pretty much subscribed to, which was that the geocentric, the earth is the center of the universe, and all the planets and the stars revolve around it. But, as you might imagine, it doesn't really make perfect sense because what you see the planets doing is not revolving perfectly around the Earth like the moon does, but they're actually revolving around the sun. But to us, they look like they're making little curly cues right? because we're orbiting the sun just as they're orbiting. So Ptolemy had this whole system, and you can see it, his little map of how the planets traveled. And it made sense. It was just complicated. And then Copernicus comes around, and he says, wait, Put the sun at the middle, then what happens? Then everything you observe makes smooth circles and ellipses, and, and it makes sense all of a sudden. But it upset everybody's way of thinking, because no, the, the earth is the center of the universe, that's the only thing that makes sense. The sun revolves around us, the moon revolves around us, everything revolves around us. All Copernicus had to do was set it a little bit different, and it upset everybody, but it created an order that we didn't even realize was there. So when Jesus comes crashing into the, this world, into our life, we sinners are always going to be upset by it because we have a certain way of doing things. The heavens, the sun, the moon, and the stars just represent the things that are fixed in my life that I take for granted as this is just the way it is. This is what's important. This is how I live. This is what I do. And Jesus comes in and he says, yeah, but now I want to be the center. And all of a sudden, these fixed things start trembling and shaking and their orders don't make sense anymore and everything is upended. But if I have the faith and the trust to let him become the center, to let everything actually revolve around him, all of a sudden, a new order emerges that I didn't even realize was possible. It's upsetting, but it results in a new peace. That old order is replaced by a new order. That's what Advent is really about. Is he's coming whether we like it or not. Jesus is coming. The world is going to end. My life is going to end. The question is how? In what state will I be when that end comes, when I stand before the Son of Man? Will I have been vigilant and prayed as he's exhorted me to do in this gospel today? Or will I just remain in my old order, trying to cling on to the old world that makes some sense to me but ultimately is wrong? It's not the way it actually is. That Jesus actually is the center. He is the Son. And I revolve around Him. So in this season of Advent, it's worthwhile to take stock of my life, how I've done in the last year, where God has tried to come into my life, where maybe I've resisted Him, 
and to open up in a new way. On Wednesday, we'll have a, a penance service, a confession available to everyone. We'll have multiple priests here. Um, that's a good way to prepare for the coming of the Lord, is to bring those things before Jesus that we know have offended him or have hurt us or hurt others, to ask for forgiveness and be reconciled so that we can be standing upright and vigilant and ready for the coming of the Lord. So that ultimately everything that we do is not to please the world or to please me, but to please him. This is what St. Paul is getting at in the second reading, and I'll finish with this. Would that our lives always complied with what St. Paul is exhorting us to do today. He says, May the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we have for you, so as to strengthen your hearts, to be blameless in holiness before our God and the Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus.